Well, says somebody say we we learn in the day. Since we don't come to Bible study, we gonna bring Bible study to you. Amen. Somebody say amen. One thing is coming into this new year, coming out of this year, that God really impressed upon my spirit is that I will not pastor an ignorant church. There's no need for us to be shouting around here, running around, doing all the religious things that make us perceive that we are so spiritual, but that our lives are jacked up. It is time for our lives to match our praise. Somebody say amen. And so we're going to stay in the vein of where we were last week because that was just an opener. So you could turn to Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. You should know it by heart if you were studying it last week. Because we, we had a little church last week. And everybody was on board with, yay, transformation, change. By the renewing of our minds. But what does that really, really mean? How, does it, how do I get that to, to, to work in my life? Amen? We're going to crack that one this morning. So Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, very short scriptures. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. Father, teach us this morning how to accept your perfect will. So last week we talked about presenting our bodies as a, as, unto God as a reasonable service and that the only way to live a changed, transformed life is to renew the way we think. Somebody say it starts in your mind. That our minds must be reprogrammed with God's word and the, our old way of thinking and doing things has to be gone. We have to take on a new mindset, otherwise our lives will be crippled. We will be living crippled Christian lives because you can go to church, you can pay your tithes, you can run around, you can shout, you can hallelujah all day long, you can pass out. But if you are doing that with the same mindset, then you are not changed. Bodily exercise profiteth little. <laughs> yeah, you can work out your muscles if you want. You, you know, but if you do not work out spiritually, your mindset 
The only way to live victorious is, is to have a Christ mindset. Somebody say Christ mindset. But there's two major words that deserve great attention if we're going to really see this change take place. Y'all want to know what they are? Great, I'm going to give them to you. They're acceptable in their will. Somebody write that down. You're taking notes. Write acceptable and write will. We agree that it's going to take God through the Holy Spirit that will bring about a change in our life, right? Everybody know that you can't change on your own? You tried it a lot of times, right? I didn't want to be smoking crack for 15 years. I would have rather stopped after that first week. You ain't going to say nothing. Yeah, because you figure after seven days, you figure out you can't get the same high. Now you're just chasing stuff. I wanted to change, couldn't change. When God said it was over, it was over. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. Just stay right there. So listen, it can't be, here's, here's what happens. Change cannot be according to our will. It has to be according to his will. And we can't give God just anything. Even though we present our bodies a living sacrifice, God is a God of standards. And he will not just allow you to bring anything into his presence. It's going to get tight for a little while. Don't worry about it. So the question has to be, if I present my body unto God, which is my reasonable service, it's not a hard thing. It's his body anyway. He made it. It's going back to the dust. Right? But that's my reasonable work. That's the least I can do since you're not presenting your, okay, we'll leave that alone for later. We'll get there. All he just says is give me your body. We give our bodies to everybody else. And somebody say, that's unreasonable service. Yeah, y'all ain't going to say nothing. But, but what is acceptable to God? That's the question. What is acceptable? The word acceptable means able to be agreed upon, to receive with favor and to take pleasure in. All right? And it, there's three things. If It talks about of sacrifice, which is offerings, of persons, what, like what persons will God lift and take up, right? When, when Elijah was with Elijah, he, he was taken up. He said, he, Elijah said, I want a double portion of your spirit. He said, well, if you're with me, if you're here with me when I'm taken up, then you can have a double portion of my spirit. His was awesome about that. Nobody really ever talks about that. But Elijah was the one that anointed Elijah with his spirit. That, you would have thought that he would have had to ask God for that. See, if somebody asked me for a double portion, I'd say, that ain't mine to give. You need to ask God about that. But Elijah gave him an answer. He said, if you're with me when I'm taken up, he didn't even see death. He was just taken up. Y'all better come on. So there's certain persons, there's certain sacrifices, there's certain works that God delights in. He delights in the hands, the work of our hands, but there's certain works that God takes delight in. That's, that is acceptable to God. There are five sacrifices. Watch it. Because I had to go back and I studied this. I said, God, what is acceptable? He said, if you want to know what's acceptable to me, go back into the Old Testament. Somebody say, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. 
Old Testament. So he said, go back into the Old Testament and I'm going to show you five sacrifices that are acceptable unto God. Y'all ready? And I ain't going to be here all night. I promise you, 35, 35, 35 hours, I'll be done. All right. He says, the number one offering is a burnt offering. That's that's Ola in the in the Greek. I say Ola because that's how I say it, but it's O L A H. That's Hebrew, right? And it, it means the purpose of this burnt offering was for general atonement of sin. It was an expression of devotion to God. You can check that out in Revelation chapter 1, verses 3 through 17. So there was an offering that was given to God, a burnt offering that was to atone for sin. And it was an expression of devotion. It had to be burnt. It had to be burned upon the altar. And the smell was a sweet smelling savior, savor unto God. That's what that's a burnt offering. Ain't none of y'all burning nothing. Barbecue, hey, this, come on. So, ain't no, I don't see nobody going out there killing no goats and stuff, laying it at the altar and burning it as devotion for God. That probably would be easier for us than what God is actually requiring for us today. Hmm. The next one was a grain offering. And that was a voluntary, listen, a voluntary expression of devotion to God, recognizing his goodness and his providence. Has God given you anything? Has God provided for anything? So a grain offering was voluntary. It wasn't, it wasn't locking the doors, locking the windows. You couldn't leave. It wasn't a 50, a 500, and a 100. Y'all better help me. It, it was a voluntary offering. It was, it was associated with the free will offerings. That's in Leviticus chapter 2. Also associated with first fruits. So these are the type of sacrifices. God said, if you're going to come to me, you need to bring a burnt offering. You need to bring a grain offering. Then you need to bring a peace offering. Leviticus chapter 3. Now listen, it's going to get deep. This included thanksgiving a wave offering, a free will offering, and could have no defect. It, you couldn't bring him the after. He, he didn't walk. He, oh, some of y'all car lovers will love this. You couldn't bring God after market. God, God you, you, you couldn't deal with God in that. He, he wanted the best and this, this was, watch this here, go peace offering. This was a consecrated meal between two or more parties making peace and fellowship and with a commitment to each other's future prosperity. This was a meal usually between one or two, two parties or more that would consecrate a meal, which was to be and show a commitment to the future prosperity of the other individual making peace it was a meal a peace offering you know, you know that's that there's nothing like you know when you eat at the same table of your enemies that's a that's a meal hard to swallow usually you want to eat with people you love Because if I'm your enemy and you invite me to dinner, I'm going to think you poisoned the food. 
So you usually don't want to eat with your enemy. But the peace offering means that we're going to sit down at a meal and sometimes you might have to have another person in between so that you are bringing about peace. So you got, you got, these are three offerings. Somebody say you got two more to go. I'm about to blow your mind. Sin offering. This was for atonement for unintentional sin. Not the sin that you did last night that you meant to do. Unintentional sin. That's in Leviticus 4. And it, it was for removing consequences. Purification offering. And also, this, this offering was so that you could re-enter the presence of God. You couldn't even go into the presence of God without this offering. These are all the things that are acceptable unto God. I got one more. Y'all ready for it? The guilt offering. Guilt. There was a guilt offering. And it was, it was an offering for trespasses. It was a reparation offering. <laughs> the purpose was to make reparations for one's sins. This offering had a specific monetary value attached to it. Got quiet now. The one who owed could repay in silver rather than in animals. In addition, a 20% fee was attached to it and given to the priests. It was a means of grace by which the relationship between God and humanity could be restored. Here's my point. We cannot just give God anything. When he says, I want you to give me an offering, present your bodies, an offering acceptable unto me. It has to be in line with these five offerings. Otherwise, God will not accept it. Let me give it to you. Oh, that guilt. That's Leviticus chapter three and chapter four. Thank you. So now let's go to work. Here's the fact. The fact is Jesus was all of this. He was the fulfillment of every last one of these sin offerings, well, of the burnt offering, of the guilt offering, of the, uh, all the offerings. For atonement in 1 John chapter 2, verse 2, he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And our first fruits in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 23, each in his own turn, Christ, our first fruits. Christ was the first. He was the only son of God who was given for our sins. He is our peace, because in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14, he says he is our peace. And he died for our sins. Y'all better come on with me. We ain't going to be here all day. Guilt. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So what is acceptable to God? Christ. Somebody say it. Christ. Christ is the only one acceptable to God. And if we are not in Christ, we are not acceptable to God. Y'all better help me. And the reason why we know that God accepted his sacrifice is because when he died in John chapter 20, verse 17, when they were going to touch 
Jesus before he ascended. He said, do not cling to me because I have not yet ascended to my father. And if you touch me, you're going to contaminate this perfect sacrifice. Y'all better help me. And the very fact that God accepted his sacrifice was proof when they rolled the stone away and he was no longer in the tomb. That's how you know that you have been accepted. And so God says, just offer me your body as a living sacrifice. You, I, you, I don't need anything else. I just need your body. I don't need your spirit because I'm just going to use your body and I'm going to fill it with my spirit. <laughs> see, see, because I'm trying to get you to transform your life and the things around you, but you can't do it with that old spirit and that old way of thinking. So I got to have you empty yourself of you so that I can Fill you with me. Somebody say that's acceptable. So you can't give God anything. Now here, here's the last part, and we're almost done. Because this message only got two points. We talked about what was acceptable. But now we have to find out what his will is. Hmm. He said that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect that word perfect does not mean without error i'm gonna get deep for a moment it means mature it means mature when you see that word it means mature it means this it means that uh, and this word prove is not what you think it is it's not it's not that we're proving god uh, to anybody <laughs> you got it because god has to prove himself to no man this word prove is the same word that is used in second timothy 2 and 5 when he says study to show thyself approved a workman that need not be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth what it means is to be tested and tried it is a manifestation of what's inside showing up to those who are outside the idea is simple as we present our bodies to God we prove to the outside what the will of God is by manifesting what's on the inside yeah my god that that was so good so the will becomes perfect because if you know anybody, if anybody ever left you some money, if anybody ever wrote you something and they will, you will understand this, that the will is already written, but you have to mature to a place that you can receive the will. God is saying, when you present your body unto me and I, I renew your mind, then your, my will will be done in your life as you mature in the things of God. Because I can't release everything I want to release in your life because you still are. The, let, me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me just drop this on you first. Corinthians chapter 13. What is it? It is the hmm, verse 11. What does he say? When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I understood like a child, and I thought like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things, right? 
He said, let me read it again. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I understood like a child. And I thought like a child. The evidence of an unrenewed mind is you have not become a man yet. And the evidence is this. You speak before you understand. You speak first before you understand, which means you never thought. Because men think first, understand second, then they speak. Tap your neighbor and say, you don't open your mouth too soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why he says out of the multitude of, of, of words, watch out for people who talk all the time. There's a lot of words, but they ain't making no sense. The truth only takes, what's this? The truth only took three and a half years. And you've been speaking for at least 30. <laughs> Ooh, somebody said that was tight. Okay. So what is what is the listen? We could spend a lifetime trying to answer this question because this is the this is the question at the church and every even if you're not saved, you want to know this. If you have any inclination about the things of God, you want to know this. God, what is your will? That that's real. You don't, you want to be smack dab in the middle of God's will, right? You want to be able to discern the the will of God for your life. Cause, cause, cause I know, I know, I know. We we just talking this Bible study. We just talking. If you come to Bible study on Thursday night, you know what I'm talking about. But we just talking. You, you want the man or the woman of God to tell you God's will for your life? No, let me scratch that. You are sick and tired of the man or the woman of God telling you God's will for your life, and you want to hear God tell you what His will is for your life. There are three major categories when you talk, when you deal with the will of God. His perfect will. This is what God preordained from the foundation of the world. That he is the alpha and the omega. Before you ever got here, it was already mapped out. He knew every mistake you would make, every choice you would make, every road you would go down. He knew it. Every, every part of it, alpha and omega. God catches, you catch God by surprise, never. Amen. So he knew it. He knew the setup. He knows your spouse. He knows your kids. He knows everything about you. He knows what you spend. He knows where you go. He knows what you think. The Bible says, if I make my bed in hell, there you are. If I ascend to the heights, there you are. There is no way you can go from the presence of God, even though God is everywhere all the time at the same time. He's sovereign. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. He's all of that. He is the I am before you ever was. And so he has a perfect will. Ooh, then he has a permissive will. 
And this is what God allows to come into our lives, but they still fulfill his purpose. There's some stuff that happened to you along the way and the journey of life that you keep asking God why. And God said, because I allowed it. There's no circumstance, no trial, no tribulation, no pain, no struggle, no sickness, no disease, no nothing that could come in your life unless God said, let it pass. That's why the devil is still on his best day working for God, working for God. Because God cannot be the author of confusion. But he can allow a sentence of it in your life. God cannot bring sickness upon you. So he had to keep the devil around so that it could come and so he could heal it. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. So he's in control. So there's a permissive will. There are some choices that God will allow you to make that, that, that he knew you shouldn't have made. But he only lets you go down that road because it's part of his permissive will. And there's some stuff that God will not even permit. Somebody right there better give God a praise for what he didn't let happen. For the struggle you didn't get into. For the choice he didn't let you make. Oh, show me a scripture, pastor. That's easy. Just go back to the beginning in Genesis where where Abraham, the man of God, who who was going to be the father of nations, who was also a liar. Y'all better help me up in here. Who said, listen, they going to kill me. Sarah, say you my sister because you is too fine for them to let me live and let his wife go sleep with the king. What? And as she laid there and they woke up on the next morning, God said, wait a minute. This ain't, I'm going to let you go ahead and lie. That's permissive. But for him to sleep with her won't be perfect. So even though the king, uh, let me let me go ahead and help some of y'all. Can I preach it like I feel it? Viagra couldn't help him on that night. Y'all better help me. Because the king said he wanted to touch her, but he couldn't. Y'all better, if, if I got a man up in here, he'll give God praise. So he wouldn't permit it. Then there is the printed world will of God. That's what you got in your hand. You got it? Now, there are four pre... I'm teaching. I only need 15 more minutes and we'll have about four minutes of church and we're going out the door. Watch this. Four prerequisites. Look at that deep word. Go ahead. Prerequisites. <laughs> Get my Noel on right now. For discerning God's will. Real simple. Salvation. You have to participate in God's plan. His will is in line with salvation. Because it is a desire that all men be saved. So it's not about your plan. He will allow you to go through some suffering. So he can save you. Because y'all know. 
unless you struggle a bit, you don't need to be saved. <laughs> I ain't come for the well. I came for the sick. Somebody gonna shout right here when I say it because this just dropped. This just was downloaded from the throne of room of heaven. Why are you getting upset with heaven for allowing suffering to come when suffering is the way to salvation? If Jesus came for the sick, if you're dealing with anybody in your family that's sick, it's only because God is after their soul. My God, my God. Somebody say one prerequisite met. The next thing is dedication. You have to yield to him and be willing to do what he says. You got to be willing to do what he says. Present your body. And then you have to be separate. There's separation. Salvation, dedication, separation. Which leads to transformation. These are the prerequisites, and now we're going to close this word. So, pastor, here's how you do it. How do I know that I am in the perfect will of God? I want to prove. I want to test. You understand? There's some guidelines. Here's how you determine it. You have to be be sure that you are first obeying God's known will, the written word. Ask your neighbor. Don't go ahead and ask him this Bible study. Are you obeying the known will? See, forget all that supernatural will that you want to know, that direct deposit you want from heaven. You want the glory cloud when you ain't obeying the word. Y'all better say something. Yeah, because in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, he maps out very clearly. There's a lot of scriptures that map map out the known will. He says this, that it is his will that we rejoice in all things. So if you ain't rejoicing, you out of his will. It is his will that we love one another. That knocked the other half of y'all out. It is his will that we love our enemies and do good to those who... There go the last two that was in here. <laughs> I just emptied the whole room. That's his will. It's his will that we be sanctified, that we be sexually pure. So so you want to determine his will, just pick up his word. Okay, and if that's hard, then we can move to number two. Surrender to the point of being willing to do anything he says. A good man's steps are ordered by the Lord. Stick a pen right there. We're going to close this message with that word right there. A good man's steps are ordered by the Lord. But you have to be willing to do if you want to be in his will. See, God has to know that you will obey his written word before he gives you anything that's that's really pinpointed to say his will. Because if he, he understands that if you won't even obey what you see, you're not going to obey what he said. And that's why we have to put the word in. And usually it's because when that word pops back up, when I'm about to do something, I know I ain't got no business doing. Then that word pops up. And now now comes the valley of decision. <laughs> I'm either going to turn off the Holy Ghost and turn up. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. I ain't going to finish turn up. You either going to turn off so you can turn. Because you can't turn up and turn on at the same time. 
So you got to be willing to do whatever he says. <laughs> and he knows if he tells you to love your enemy and you don't do that, you is not going to listen to him when he tell you to go to Africa. What? You got to seek God's will based on principles found in his word. The Bible says your word is a lamp to my feet, a light unto my path. You have to you have to seek his will based on principles. He will never go outside principles. God blesses. Watch this. God blesses principles. Stick a pen right there, too. I'm going to hold on to that. Then you have to ask God to reveal his will. He said, you have not because you ask not. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask and God will give. A lot of you don't get it because you want it for yourself. Solomon asked God for wisdom. He didn't ask God for money. So God, I, I'm asking you, reveal your will. Do we ask God? When I first got saved, I asked God about everything. God, is it your will for me to eat this peanut butter jelly sandwich? God, is it your will? Should I wear this today? Should I buy this? You don't ask God that, do you? His will. Because when, when you start wanting his will in them little things, he'll show you big things. There are times I want to wear, like, like I, I'll go places and I'll be like, what I'm going to wear today now? I can go in there, you know, I don't spend all my money on clothes, but I, could, I can go in there and pull out something. You know, it'd be like, do I want to wear these diamonds today? I, it probably where God will say, you don't need to wear them. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Well, why not? Because you... you not because of you, but because of what others' perceptions may be. And then there's sometimes they say, go ahead and wear that. Yeah, I ain't going to say nothing. Do you ask God about that? Because he wants every, every part of your life. Should you be watching this show? Should you be listening to this right now? Come on, y'all. You are you dealing with lust. You fighting with lust. You have no reason listening to Luther, Keith, Sweat, Chris Brown, whatever. You don't need to listen to that. At about that moment, you want to overcome. He'll tell you, listen to some, listen to some Byron Cage. <laughs> well, you better put on some Hezekiah right now. You want to beat this demon. Right? You're trying to get your money right. Don't go to the mall. Why are you married and all your friends single? Reveal your will. I'm a mother now. I don't need. <laughs> but my friends gonna keep calling me, asking me, yo, you going to the club? Now I gotta find a babysitter. 
and I don't really care who watched my kid. As long as I can get out. And you don't know your daughter now going to grow up with issues because somebody done touched her. But you was at the club. Okay, you don't got quiet. Let me say we'll have five minutes, five minutes, five minutes, five minutes. You got to pray for and determine God's will by this inner peace. He said, let the peace of God rule in your heart. If you don't have peace about a decision, don't go that way. You got to have peace. And I'm not, here's, here's, here's the funny thing about peace. Peace doesn't mean you're comfortable. You can be very uncomfortable, but you can have peace. So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta have peace. You got, you gotta understand this. Listen, it's okay if I just have to live in this situation right now, as long as I can, I, I got peace. And sometimes you can confuse. You're uncomfortable in a space, and you're like, I got, I gotta get out of this space. But you, God doesn't listen. Do you think, do you think Joseph was comfortable in a pit? Come on, Jesus. But he had peace. What? He, he knew, he, he knew from the vision, the dream, the will, he knew the will of God for his life. So he was able to go through every situation with a sense of calm. Y'all better help me. And, and, and I only got two more. We're going to close this wonderful message. Listen, you, you, here's how you determine. You got to have godly counsel yes. to understand God's will. See, yeah, when you, what he said, it is a wise man that surrounds himself with, with wise counsel. You don't walk in the steps of the ungodly. And a lot, of, a lot of us, we get saved and we get this renegade spirit that God is talking directly to God has not changed his order. He is a God of principles. He will honor his word. He will work his will. Y'all better help me. And, and when you're doing this, you are proving what is that good and perfect. You're maturing because you're able to go to others and say, listen, I'm about to make this decision and I need to know I'm, I'm, I'm seeking God. He's, he's, he's led me to where I need to go. Even when Moses was leading, his uncle came to him. Jephro said, it's not good for you to be ruling this people. You need to set men over certain numbers because you have to have counsel and then you can deal with the weightier members, the, the weightier matters. And the problem with the church is you don't bring your issues to godly counsel. You bring your issues to Facebook. You bring it to Twitter. You bring it to your neighbor. You ain't going to say nothing. And, and you're saying, that's my brother and sister in Christ. I can talk to them, but you don't need to talk to them when you have access. You ain't going to say nothing to godly counsel. But because you know it all and you above 50 and you above 60, you are unteachable, which means you are the cause of your own demise. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. And why nothing is changing in your life is because you have a mindset that says, I know it all. I don't need nobody. Can't nobody tell me nothing. You need godly counsel. 
is allowing people to go through the stuff you don't have to go through. And last but not least, you want to know when you're in the will of God? Provision. It's going to get quiet for about two minutes, and then they're going to go to shouting. Malachi chapter 3. Says this. In verse 7 of the Bible. Can I get a chord? Yeah, thank you. Put the organ on it. We're about to have some church up in here. Malachi chapter 3. In verse 7, it says this, Yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances. You have not kept them. Oh, my God. Yet from the days you have not kept them, he says, return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord. But you said, in what way shall we return? You going to help me? He says, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what ways have we robbed you? In tides? And in offerings, oh pastor, you was talking about Romans chapter 12, how you going to bring up tithes and offerings and robbing God. Well, let me tell you how I can bring it up because I told you, you can't just bring God anything. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 says, Present your bodies as a sacrifice. A sacrifice is an offering. An offering is a tithe. Y'all better help me up in here. But some of y'all been robbing God. You ain't giving them no time. You ain't giving them no prayer life. You ain't giving them no praise. You ain't giving them nothing. But God said, you better give me what I deserve. Don't rob me. And he said, if you go ahead and pay your offering, give your sacrifice, try me and see if I don't open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you can't receive. This is how it works when I present my body as a sacrifice. I say, Lord, not my will, but your will. When I get his will, I walk in his way. When I walk in his way, a good man's steps are ordered by the Lord. And tap your neighbor, say, neighbor, 
God pays for what he orders. He said, y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. When I walk in his way, he'll lead me right up to a window that will open up because I'm walking according to his way. He said, prove and test the perfect will. You want to know why we got to stop living with a mentality of being broke? Because brand broke ain't God's will for his people. You want to know why we got to stop being sick? Because being sick ain't God's will for his people. God said, if you go ahead and present your body a living sacrifice, I'll open up the windows of heaven. Because if you give me your body, I'll get your pocketbook. If you give me your body, I'll get your health. If you give me your body, I'll get your mind. Y'all better help me up in here. I want to see change. 